All right, guys, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. We're going to finish out John 14 today. John 14, we're going to be looking at verses 25 through 31. Now, let me kind of remind you, we're going through the gospel of John. We're wanting to meet Jesus, get to know him better. As we're doing that, we're getting to know ourselves better, getting to know why the world is reacting the way it is. But we're in this section of John, which is a 25% of the gospel. It's the discussion in the upper room and in the garden. It's on one evening. Jesus gives a lot of teaching. The focus of his teaching is to strengthen us, to tell us what to do as he's getting ready to leave. And so last week we looked where he gave us certain assurances that he wanted us to rest in. This week he's going to give us encouragement. And by the way, you need encouragement. Every day, you need to be reminded of certain things every day. Why? Because you and I have certain weaknesses. And they're true for every one of us. I'm going to give you two weaknesses that's true for every one of us. Nobody here is exempt from these weaknesses. Because they cripple us. They affect us. They affect our moods. They, they put us into depression. We try to deal with it in certain ways, but, but they're real. You know, what, what, what kind of weaknesses are you talking about? Well, I'll give you the first one. We struggle with the thought of being alone. There isn't a person alive that doesn't struggle that way. Well, I'm an introvert, George. Well, I'm an introvert, too. You know what I'm saying? After being here and connecting with people, I've had to learn to, to break out of my shell and interact with you, but I'm going to tell you what it's going to be like this afternoon. I'm going to go back home and I'm going to sit in my easy chair and I'm going to collapse. I'm going to be so spent. Some people like my wife, who's not here today because she's with her sister in Madison and my niece on a girl weekend in Buffalo, uh, she's an extrovert. She feeds off of people. Me, I give energy out, so I'm going to collapse, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe this, because it just, I just become nothing after being with people, but I still have to be with people. I'm created to be with people. And none of us like to be alone. I can be alone. No, you can't. Hey, we just went through something over the last few years that kind of showed us we can't handle being alone. It was the lockdowns from COVID. The reality is, is we now recognize from that 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 affected people. Being isolated from people affects people. And that's one of our weaknesses. We don't like the thought of being alone. We have to interact with other people. Here's our second one. We're often crippled by our fears. Crippled by our fears. You know, even though they tell us, and so they say 90% of the stuff we're afraid of never happens. Do you realize that? 90% of the stuff that we are afraid of never happens. Well, what about the 10? I understand. It's real, isn't it? But we're, we're crippled by our fears, by both of these. And this is exactly what Jesus is going to address today because this is going to be very real to these disciples. 
Because there he is. He's in the upper room. He just had a meal with them. He's giving them some encouragement. He's telling them, I'm going away. He isn't just telling them, I'm going away. He's telling them, I'm going to die. One of you is going to betray me. You're going to be alone. Well, he doesn't tell them they're going to be alone. But they are. They're going to be without Jesus. And that's, for three years they've been with Jesus. Think about that. Three years with Jesus who can do anything. And now they're alone. And now... Fears are going to be real. What do you mean? The, the, the authorities are going to take Jesus, put him on a cross. They're afraid the authorities are going to come after them. Fears are going to be real. Fears are real to us today, right? Am I going to be able to make it? How's the economy? How's this? How's my health? How's this? Fears are real. Not just the isolation, but fears. And, and in the midst of this, Jesus gives them some instructions. Actually, he gives them three promises. Three things to hold on to. To be honest with you, three things we need to hold on to. Three things to carry us throughout the day. That address our weaknesses... but give you to, something to hold on until you go to be with him. Okay, so let's talk about what they are. Well, we're going to see them here in verses 25 through 31. Let me read this passage with you. It'll be up on the screen for those of you who want to read along on the screen. Those of you who want to read in your Bibles, we're looking at verses 25 through 31. Here's what Jesus says. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say, to you that I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to my Father. For my Father is greater than I. And now I've told you before it comes, before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. All right, let's take a look at this. We're going we're gonna to divide these few verses into the three promises, okay? There are three promises that he gives here that I think are very important for you and I to understand. Three promises that I think are going to help us address our weaknesses. So here's the first one. The promise of the helper, Okay? the Holy Spirit, the promise of the helper. Notice with me what he says in verse 25. He said, these things I have spoken to you while I'm present with you. So he's saying, okay, remember, I, when I'm with you, I'm teaching you, but I'm going away. But here's what he says, verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. All right, two things I want you to see here. First of all, you will not be alone because the helper was sent 
to us. You're not going to be alone. Remember I told you our, one of our, our biggest weaknesses, our biggest concerns is, is that I'm going to be alone. I don't like being alone. I want to have some sort of interaction with people. Well, here's the thing. That's true for you. That's true for me. The reality is we don't like being alone. But here's the thing. But yet there are times when we feel very alone, right? Especially when we're in the midst of it and it seems like nobody else understands what's going on. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody understands how I'm feeling. Nobody understands exactly what's happening. They have their perception of it, yes, but they don't truly understand it. And so you feel very alone, especially in the midst of a crisis. I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus is saying to you, I'm going away, but my Father is sending a helper, the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you. Acts 1.8, it'll be up on the screen. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, to the end of the earth. That happened at Pentecost. And the moment you got saved from that time on, the moment you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit in that instance entered into your life. You're never alone. God is always with you. And if you would grasp that, you will never say this, where are you, God? He's there with you. You're never alone. That's the promise of the Spirit. So he's not just the presence to be with us. He's got a task that he's supposed to do. What is he supposed to do? Well, here's the second point I want you to see. The helper will teach us and help us remember what Jesus said. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you as you go about your walk. He's going to help you to remember what Jesus said. He's going to help you to what? Remember the scripture. Man, you know, there's been a number of times when, when I've gone through it that I'm, I'm looking for encouragement and a verse of scripture will come to mind that speaks exactly to what I am facing that I read at some point, but God brought it back to mind. What? The Holy Spirit brought it back to mind to remind me to be what? Trusting in Him. You're not alone. He, he isn't just a presence to be with you. He is a presence who will what? Guide you through life and teach you. Teach you more about Jesus. Teach you how to respond in this world. That's the presence of the Spirit. That's the promise. Now here's the problem, though. The problem is that in a lot of our churches and a lot of Christians today, we, we, we know we're saved, we believe in Jesus, we believe in God, but the person of the Spirit is almost ignored because we really don't know much about him, even though he's in every one of you. And he's the one, when you read your Bible, who gives you understanding about what you read. He's the one who guides you and convicts you of your sin. He's the one who's with you. And he'll always be with you. 
So the promise of the helper is really, here's the promise. You want to know what the promise of the helper is? The promise is, is that you'll never be alone. That's what the promise is. You will never be alone because God is with you. Which reminds me of another promise. What promise, George? Well, okay, so it's July 24th. You ever heard of Christmas in July? Okay, so this is it. All right, a few months from now, we're going to have real Christmas, right? And we're going to celebrate what? The birth of Jesus. And if you remember the prophecies, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The promise was God would be with us. Here's Jesus. I'm going away, but you're not going to be alone. Why? Because he's sending the helper, another comforter like me, so that you are never what? Alone. Even if you think you are, you're never alone. All right, let's look at the second promise. All right, second promise, we see it in verse 27. It's the promise of peace. Peace. Wouldn't you like peace? Seems like we're in a world of chaos right now, right? Or there's chaos happening in your life. Wouldn't you like peace in the midst of that? Especially when the crisis is happening. I don't know about you, but when a crisis happens, that's the last thing I have is peace, okay? And, and, and the reality is, is that here they are, they're getting ready to enter into a major crisis, Jesus being taken away, Jesus being crucified, oppression and persecution from that point on. Jesus said it was going to happen. It did happen. One thing they need in the midst of that is what? Peace. So he gives them the promise of peace. Look with me at verse 27. Here's what he says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's going to answer our second weakness, isn't it? We struggle with our fears. We're crippled by our fears. He says, I give you peace. So there's two things I want you to see here. Two things. Here's the first one. Jesus calls us to remember. Excuse me. I'm looking at the wrong point here. Jesus promises, promises us a peace that the world cannot understand. The peace that Jesus offers, the world doesn't understand. Why? Because it tries to offer peace. It tries to substitute peace that people are looking for with other stuff. And, and they go after it because people are wanting peace in their lives. So guess what? That's why we have a problem with addictions. People are trying to cope in this world, and so they find themselves addicted to whatever it is. They're trying to find peace, comfort. It, you know, that's why they call foods comfort foods, right? To find comfort in the midst of whatever you're going through, to find peace. The world doesn't understand it. it. It offers something, but his peace is different. He's giving us a peace in the midst of all the chaos. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Well, actually, let me give you the scripture. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, the Apostle Paul tells us later, he says this, but be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm going to give you a peace that is beyond understanding, and it'll guard your hearts and minds. This is what Jesus is sharing with us. So here's the second point I want you to see. He tells us not to be worried or afraid. Don't be worried. Don't be afraid. I'm in control. And he'll give you a peace. You know, I've experienced that. Um, I don't know how... I've told you before, I'm not, when a crisis happens, if my wife were here, she would tell you, I'm not the, I'm not necessarily a calm, cool, I don't usually give a calm, cool response. I I sometimes freak out, okay? (gasps) Okay? And, uh, but I remember something happened, happened in 2010, okay? So 2010, uh, the earthquake that happened in Haiti. So you know I'm on a board of this mission board and uh, um, they were given a large sum of money to do Bibles and so forth and resources for a group of churches in Haiti. And so uh, I was sent there to coordinate that for a week. So I disappeared during the week to go down to Haiti. And um, while I'm down there, of course, they want me to teach. So in, on a Sunday evening... They wanted me to go through the entire book of Revelation in one evening with a church. So I went to this church out in the middle of this city in northern Haiti, and uh, there was a, we were on a bus with a group of pastors that I had been teaching during the week, and, and so I did my survey through all of Revelation in an hour and a half with this Haitian church, and then we get back on the bus, and uh, we're heading back to where we're heading. Now... Haiti is, is a third world country. Uh, it's not like anywhere else you go in the Caribbean, so there's no lights, you're going along, and the, the bus stops because they see a pastor's son who um, they know, uh, and uh, he had been shot. And so we stopped to pick him up because he'd been robbed of his motorcycle. Pastor Scott Schultz from Faith Bible was with me, okay, for that few days. And uh, I told him, come to Haiti with me. It'll be okay. So we're on this bus. We're stopping. A guy shot in his abdomen. So they pick him up, and so they want to turn back around and go to Haiti. But in the meantime, they see the, they see the uh, motorcycle that was being stolen. And so they decide, well, we better get the motorcycle. So they go to get the motorcycle, and then a shot rings out. And a woman screams, there were women on the bus as well, screams three rows behind me. And then we took off. And, uh, and we got the hurt person to somebody who was taken to the hospital, and then we went to our compound. And when we got to the compound, we got off the bus, they were opening the back of the bus and carrying the woman off who had been hit with a slug. Somebody shot into our bus. 
Now, I know how I normally am. If it was the normal George, the normal George would be like, Oh, my goodness! But the George that evening unrealistically had a piece. Unrealistically had a piece. And that was 12 years ago. Scott's never been on a trip with me again. Okay. So um, it surpasses all understanding. And it comes out of nowhere. My peace I give to you. By the way, the girl was okay. She just got hit in the ankle, and they took care of her immediately. They think it was a police officer. Police are corrupt. Isn't that interesting? You live in a great country. Don't ever anybody tell you anything different, okay? Because we don't have that kind of stuff happening around here. But God will be with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. But he gives you one more promise. Actually, it's a really good promise because I think it's the promise we forget. Here's what he promises us. Look with me at verse 28 to 31. It's the promise of his return. He says this, You have heard me say to you that I'm going away. and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. And now I've told you before it comes, and when it does come to pass, you may believe, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, I do. Arise, let us go from here. Two things I want you to see here. First of all, Jesus calls us to remember his promise that he'll come back. Folks, there is one thing you can take to the bank. He said he's coming back. Bottom line, period. He's coming back. I find that many Christians today, they forget about it. They get so worked up by what's happening around them. They forget, yes, it's okay to be worried about what's going on around you, but keep in mind... He said it was going to happen. Trust him. He's what? Coming back. Here's another one of his promises. Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 and 13. It'll be up on the screen. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Here we are, the, one of the last chapters of the Bible, and he's giving you that promise again. What? I'm coming back. Hold on. Now, if you're the disciples, here it is, you're the disciples, and, you're, and you think you're entering into Jerusalem for Jesus to take over, and you're at a meal, and he's telling you, I'm going away, guys, the Father's plan is a little bit different than your plan. I'm going away. They're going to take me. They're going to kill me. But don't you worry. Don't you worry. I, I will send another helper. I will give you peace. But here it is. I'm coming back. I 
And that would carry them. Those three promises would carry them. What? Because when he did ascend, guess what? They would be persecuted, but yet they would change an empire, which ended up changing a world. What drove them to do that? The reality of Jesus and a promise that he would come back for them. And I think sometimes we forget that. We forget that one day he will set all things right. That one day it will be better. So just hang on. Even if they take your life, it's going to be okay. Because you're going to be with him. And how do we know that? Because his resurrection proves to us the validity of his promise. The fact that he would be crucified, buried, and rose again proves to us the validity of the promise. What promise? The promise that he's coming back. Look with me. Here's what he says. Now I've told you before it comes that when it does come, you may believe. What did he tell them before it comes? Well, he's saying before what comes. That's the arrest the brutality he would experience, the death on the cross, the burial, and the resurrection. I'm telling you all these things. What? These promises. I'm telling you this before it happens so that when it comes, you may believe. When what comes? When I rise from the dead. It's the resurrection. So, so okay, let's so think about it. Here, here we are. With, we're afraid of being alone. We, we, we are afraid of our fears, whatever they may be. And we're overwhelmed by them. We're crippled by them. And he says to you, look, don't, 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 you're never going to be alone. The helper will be with you. The spirit will be with you. you, you you're going to have a peace. I promise you my peace. Don't, don't you worry and just so you understand, I'm coming back. I'm giving you that promise. How do we know it's true? Because on Easter morning, the tomb was empty. And they saw him. And we believe. We believe. Man, that's encouragement, isn't it? I think, I think sometimes we just need to be encouraged. Yes, the world isn't in a good place. And let's be honest, it's never been in a good place. And yes, the crises that are happening right now, they blow our mind. But hey, can I remind you, 10 years ago, you were going through a crisis as well back then. Five years ago, two weeks ago. And you hold on to him, and guess what? He got you through those. He will get you through this, right? Because what you're holding on to isn't that life's going to be better here. If you're holding on to that promise that life's going to be better here, you are going to be disappointed. Because it'll never be better here. 
but it'll be better later with him. I go, he said, to prepare a place for you. He's coming back. So hold on, people. You're not alone. Don't worry about your fears. I'll give you peace, he says. Because I'm coming back. Let me pray for you.